0: Well, hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you found me again. I'm excited to share with you today a podcast uh, that is a conversation between a a young married couple. Hope and Titus have been married um, less than five years or so, and they're very involved in their church. Uh, Hope is a teacher at the school where Netta works, and that's where I met Hope. We um, first met in the hallway, we were having a Conversation about spiritual things, and I don't really know how we wound up there. I think that's common for believers: is that just in their conversation, things of spiritual matter or spiritual significance seem to work their way to the surface, and it did with hope. Uh, hope has developed a, a Christian app that's to, sort of a social media type thing. We'll we'll hear a little bit more about it as we get into the the podcast, um, but. She's very excited about this uh tool that uh, believers can use. I, I, I see a use for it in the church. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation today. It's uh um Titus and Hope are very easy to talk to. Um longer podcast than normal, but um I'm I'm enjoying uh, visiting with Christian people. I think probably I get as much out of the podcast just sitting at a table conversing with people as you do by listening, but I'm glad you're here today and hope you enjoy the conversation. Let's join now. All right, here we go. Glad to have Hope and Titus, my friends. Hope, I know you from school, uh, from Bethel. Um, I
1: don't
0: know how we came to talk about the Lord. We were just in the hallway one day or something like that.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of comes up in our conversations. It does. So
0: it's conversational, and Todd, it's the first time I've met you, but I'm glad you're here.
1: Thanks Um, for having
0: us. We love meeting with believers and hearing their stories. So let me start with you, Hope. Tell me how you came to know the Lord.
2: So I grew up in church. um, Have pretty much been in the same church my whole life, and so I don't know if there was ever exactly a time where I didn't believe that God was real and and who Jesus was, but I was about nine or 10 and I started realizing that other people had had something different than what I had with God. Um, and then the Holy Spirit just kept nagging on me like, you know, they have a little more, what's the difference? And then I started to realize that I did have sins of my own and that I needed Jesus. So I came to Christ as an early age. Um, I think I was about nine. But then as I started into high school, um, I knew I was a believer, but it didn't go much deeper than that, and so I joined our youth group at church, and we went on a summer retreat, and that's where I really started to realize there was the personal aspect of that relationship, and so um, it was the sermon about uh, whether you're on, what kind of path you're on, so are you in good soil, are you in rocky soil, Um, and that was really kind of the turning point for me. It helped me realize that Yes, you need to know God, but you also have to strive to live for him with all of your decisions. Um, And so that changed my outlook a lot as far as what I wanted to be with my life and and how personal I wanted to get with God. And so then from there, it's just kind of continued. Keep learning about the Lord. And we've been super fortunate to stay connected in the same church. And so um, just having that community, I guess, around us. We've been able to serve others through that and just being there for many years.
0: Tell me about your church. Uh, Tell me the kind of pastor you have.
2: Oh, gosh. Um, I love our pastor. Burl's great. He's very down to earth. He's very real. Uh, So, you know, when I think about Burl, I think that he doesn't shy away from the hard topics, um, but he also is friendly and family oriented. And so he comes up to pretty much every person in the church on Sundays and says hello. And that means a lot to us just because you feel like you're valued while you're there. Um, And his relationship with God is something to strive for. I'm, I'm so impressed with his love for God and, and not that it's a show, but in the fact that You can tell he spends time just talking to God and that he truly loves God with all his heart. And so um, he's an incredible part of our church. But outside of just our senior pastor, you know, those are my people. Um, I've grown up there and I've been there for a lot of years. But it's the kind of joy that you look forward to going to church every week.
0: And you go to Sunday school?
2: Yes. um, We teach our college and careers class, which is anybody out of high school till about 27, 28. Um, Right now, it's a lot of family, uh, but that's okay. We've had a lot of different people in our group. So some are there for six months and some have been there for five or six years. Uh, But it's a a group of mainly believers. Um, Most of them have been in church for quite some time and just working on growing our relationships, and trying to share Christ with others around us.
0: Do you enjoy Sunday school more or church more?
2: I enjoy them both. I think Sunday school is a little more stressful because Titus does the teaching. Um, And so I feel like we have a leadership role in that aspect. So we have to be on it while we're there, you know we're in charge of of what we're teaching. And so it has to be biblical and it has to be correct. And so there's a a lot of responsibility there. Whereas in preaching, I feel like I'm there just to worship. And so um, I relax a little bit more and can spend more time just focused on me.
0: Yeah, I think that's how people grow is when they relax. Um, If you feel like I've got to bring the message today. No one interrupt me. I'm talking. And, um, I think that's maybe a little hard sometimes for people. You grow, uh, right Thomas, if you're, if if you're preparing and you've got a message for Sunday school, you've dealt with it all week Mm -hmm. and and probably bounce things off you. And by the time you get there on Sunday morning, you're ready to share it. Mm -hmm. Would that be fair?
1: Absolutely. And I think along with that, um, there's a lot more conviction yes, that, that comes with that too.
2: But I love the studying. The studying mm-hmm. is, is one of my favorites because you can never get through everything in one Sunday school class that you studied or you looked at. But during that week when you're prepping, or even if you're just prepping a lesson, you have to dig so much deeper. And I think we have more um, like intentions to really dig in when we're going to teach it to somebody rather than when we're just studying it for ourselves.
0: I understand that. Um, it's heavy to be a teacher. It's oh, a heavy yeah. responsibility. What um, what material do you use?
1: Um, well, obviously the Bible. <laughs> um, but our church has um, right now media, which is really good. We've um, gotten a lot from them. Um, I use uh, a lot from Tony Evans, um, a pastor out of Texas. And um, I don't think we've done Chip Ingram. Yeah, we do. Chip Ingram. Uh,
0: tell me how you would prepare. To walk me through your week. What does your preparation week
1: look like? Um, I would say it has to start with prayer. Um, you know, just I want to be open to whatever God wants me to say. And not that I'm perfect with this or that I even do this every week, but um, I want to be open and honest. And and if God wants to, you know, change plans for for that week, I want to be able to do that. Um, But like here lately, we've been going through a a video series by J.D. Greer, and um, he, it's actually about how we can still worship God in the workplace, Um, which I think a lot of times, you know, we view church as our worship for the week, um, and so with, with this series, just looking at how um, God God wants all of our life, and so how we can do that in our workplace, and how we can still be a light to the world, and, and to be a witness, um, and so how we prepare for that is um, look through, watch through the video um, a couple times throughout the week, and you know, kind of get some of the highlights that that I want to talk about, and then there's also like a leader's guide um, that I can use, and so just a lot of it's just taking time to to look over the material, um, to pray through it, and yeah, uh, I got to be honest, I think there's a lot of times that even you know while watching the video at Sunday school, you know, there's times where God will be like, hey, let let's bring this out instead, mm-hmm. you know, going one way and. And so I guess it really boils down to just, um, being in a place where, where you can hear God speaking.
0: Um, Paul talks about, um, presenting your bodies a living Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: holy sacrifice. And he says, which is your reasonable service of worship. Mm -hmm. So I think you're in the gymnasium there. This is not doing Christian work, but it is, you're driving a truck you're presenting your body as a living sacrifice Mm -hmm. in the community my job at the pharmacy that is presenting your body a living sacrifice um we we come to church sometimes and say this is my holy time Mm -hmm. but almost in a way it's not (laughs) it's like this is my come aside Mm -hmm. my real hard part starts monday morning
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i'm sorry tyles i kind of jumped to kind of interesting what you had to say tell me about your story tell me about how you came to know the lord
1: So, um, grew up, my dad was a preacher at the time. Um, and so I think it, I think I was seven years old. I don't really know the date, um, but very similar to Hope. I mean, I'd grown up in church. I, I knew all the Bible stories. I knew, I knew the right answers. Um, but I also knew that if I died, I was not going to heaven. Um, and during that time, I went and got my dad and said, Hey, I, I know I'm not saved. And him and my mom came and talked with me and, you know, what me through all the answers again and you know, what it means to, to be a Christian and, and how you can obtain salvation. Um, and I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And it's been a, <laughs> a journey ever since.
0: It, it is that uh, initial conversion, um it's easy um children can be saved uh Jesus says it's easy like um he describes himself as the bread of life like Mm -hmm. eating a piece of bread like if you're thirsty um I will give you to drink Mm -hmm. it's walking through a door it's being born so that initial coming to Christ is very easy but the thing we're talking about Monday morning becomes difficult Um, describe your journey from your salvation to becoming a Sunday school teacher. You're both Uh, smiling. So there's, there's a story there I could tell. So
1: So right after I got saved, um, nobody had ever taught me this. I just assumed, I guess, as a seven year old kid, like once I got saved, I wasn't going to struggle with sin anymore. (laughs) I wasn't going to do anything bad anymore. And um, I quickly found out that that's not that's not true, because <laughs> I mess up all the time. Um, I would say, <clears throat> so after I got saved, um, I guess in either seventh or eighth grade, we moved to Howard's Creek Churches, which is where, kind of, is where we still go to church at now, um, and a huge part of of mine sanctification journey has been the associate pastor at Howard's Creek and he's also the youth pastor there Joe London um, I got involved in a guy a small group which is you know kind of an accountability group and I would say that shaped me more than anything um, mm. at least you know at that time in my life and you know just the accountability of God really does want a personal relationship with each one of us and I guess that's really where I'd um, kind of came to terms with that and where I, you know, tried to make it a a daily relationship where I spend time with God every day. Um, and obviously there's highs and lows, ups and downs with that. Um, that was a huge part of that. And after uh, I graduated high school um, and kind of started coming out of the youth group um, because of the relationship that I developed with the youth pastor. I'd still kind of help teach uh, youth group, and I guess there was just a a place needed um, at the church for for somebody to to teach, and and I was willing to do that. And I guess I've been teaching to some extent, probably since I graduated yeah. high school.
0: And when did hope come into your life? Um,
1: I don't know what <laughs> ten. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a good answer. <laughs> Well, uh, well, she and my sister were best friends, and so Hope was always, always in my house. Or, and then, you know, we went to church together, um, and she and I had always been close friends. And then, uh, I don't know, when did we start dating?
2: <laughs> I was, I just finished my freshman year of college.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then we started hanging out and started dating. And we dated all through college, and then we got married right after I graduated college. So we've been married just over three years, three and a half years.
1: So I tell everybody this she is a lucky girl. <laughs> because? Because <laughs> of me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a at <laughs> <head of> that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm,
0: just, I'm just, I'm I'm very blessed to have met my wife. But I look back on how the Lord worked in my life and, you know, my best friend, he mm-hmm. put in my life kind of, um, I wasn't, seeking our relationship it just happened and Mm -hmm. um you know our story is long and twisting and um i'm i'm just curious about how how believers they we think that uh, life is up and down up and down and we get to a point maybe like married and then in our mind we say now it's going to be a straight line Mm -hmm. to retirement absolutely i won't change jobs Mm -hmm. i won't have a setback no one will get sick yeah and it's just the complete opposite and Absolutely. you go uh, five years and you look back at that straight line and it's up and down, up and down, up and down. And then we say, but I'm sure from now on, yeah, it's yeah. going to be straight, but it's not.
2: Well, and you know, we kinda, we got married and I was like, okay, we're doing great. You know, this is kind of our plan. And then we started saying, okay, God, you know, we'll do what you want us to. And boy, did he flip things on us from there.
0: In what way? Um,
2: Titus changed jobs. He's changed jobs several times. Um, We (laughs) ended up having to move out of our house and move in with his parents for four and a half months. Um, We have decided we're going to build this mobile app. And that's been a journey just because I have very little knowledge on the subject. And so it's given up a lot of control. And the biggest portion of that would be trusting God to provide the financial resources Mm -hmm. for it. Um, Because if you had looked at me, you know, a year and a half ago and said, you're going to give all this money to create this app, I would have said, there's no way I don't have it. Um, So just letting go of some of that control and allowing God to really show off what he can do.
0: Yes. You and I talked in the hall at Bethel about it. And I, I know uh, I don't know people who listen to the podcast and it's not a lot of people. It's just my friends. Uh, but to develop an app is thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but it's not just I've got an extra 20. I should develop an app.
2: Right. Um, so and it it ranges so widely. When I first started this, I was like, oh, OK, cool. You know, there's some create your own app stuff on on, um, online or on your phone that you can download this program and create it for like 50, 60 bucks a month. Um, and then there's other options that are, you know, all the way up to like virtual reality stuff that are $150,000 kind of deal, um, and everything in between. And so when I first started digging, I was just trying to find somebody who would take me serious. And that took a lot longer than I expected, which, I mean, I know I'm young and, I'm sure emailing back and forth or on the phone, they were like, Yeah, she's not really serious about this. But it took me several months and many different companies just to get somebody who would even take the time of day to be like, Well, you could accomplish this. Most mm-hmm. of them were like, Oh, you want to start from scratch? It's going to be too expensive. Don't worry about it. So that was eye opening in itself. Um,
0: How did you know that's what the Lord wanted you to do? <laughs>
2: You know, I really don't know how it evolved to there. Um, It started out as I just wanted to be able to stay connected with other people that I was around more so than just Sunday morning and Wednesday night. And like we can text back and forth, but that's just me to one other person or maybe to a group. But it wasn't quite the same thing because I wanted it to go deeper. I kind of wanted something that. Would keep us all accountable and allow us to share what we're learning um so i just started talking about it with titus and
1: on our honeymoon i might add
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you think guys when she says i have this impossible dream what went through your mind
1: um well it was my honeymoon so i don't i guess a little bit of surprise um but I've always thought God puts us on this earth for so much more than just like what you said to, you know, get married and then retire. Uh, I feel like there's so much more to life than that. And um, I've always wanted more out of life. And I, I didn't know, you know, whether that means, you know, missionaries, pastor, build an app. I, I don't know. Um, but one of the things that attracted me to hope the most was her love for God. And, you know, just the fact that mundane or it's just, it's not enough. You know, she, whatever God wants us to do, she wants to do that. And I agree so with you. Um, when she told me about this, I mean, at, at that point, I mean, we were so early on, we had no idea what it was going to entail or, I mean, at that point we were still kind of looking at 50 or $60 kind of thing. Um, and I was, I was all for it. Even then
0: um, when we uh, talked in the hall that night, you talked to me a little bit about, and I could tell you're very passionate about your baby. Yeah. You don't have children, but this is in effect kind of like your child. Oh yeah. Um, this is going to be hard, but tell me about your app. Okay. Give me the pitch.
2: So it's um, essentially a social media platform. It will be an app where a group like a youth, ministry or a Sunday school class or maybe just even a close group of friends, they all download the app and then they create a group. And so um, my idea behind it was like a youth minister might create a group for the youth group and then it's free for everybody to join it. But right now we're looking at to create a group. There's a little cost associated with it just to help continue the app forward and pay for updates. And then when you get on there, it's completely within your group. So you can have more than one, but the idea is that it's private. Um, So you're not following friends and adding people to look at you. It's just to basically deepen your relationship with God. It's to help disciple others, uh, especially new and young believers, but also to hold us accountable as more mature believers. And so there's going to be... a page on there that you just discuss or put in information about. Maybe it's what you're studying. Maybe it's a song that's on your heart. Um, it could be something that you read this week or your Bible study. Then there's a second page that's just for prayer requests. And so my idea behind this is kind of to destigmatize the prayer request. because when we're all sitting in a group and somebody you know starts saying. My aunt has a serious medical condition and she needs prayer. Well, then when your hand goes up to say, oh, I have a test I needed to study for or, oh, I'm nervous about this or that. It doesn't seem like it's quite as important, even though God hears our prayer requests and he wants that from us. We get nervous about it. So Mm -hmm. if you can all continue to just constantly add prayer requests, then, um, you know, it kind of takes the pressure off. And then people can pray for them throughout the day. When mm-hmm. they have five minutes, you know, they look at prayer requests and say, Oh, I can pray for five. Mm-hmm. Or um, I can go back and look at this from six months. And then you can update it later and say, Hey, guys, I've been praying for this. Y'all have been praying for this. Here it is. Um, and there's even a place on there to like it, like saying you've prayed for it for somebody.
0: And it would be just your circle of friends. Yes. So the people you share with. You know everyone there. It's not like putting it on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. You think Who knows what's going to, this is just my little group.
2: And you can separate it out to, you know, you can put it on every group or you can just put it on one specific group. Because there's a big difference in what you might tell your entire church as a prayer request and what you might tell your inner four people, you know, in your small, tiny circle. Um, And not that that's bad. It's just what's appropriate for what setting. And so then there's also a tab for events where you can um, share an event, you can put locations, access to websites on there, you can put, you know, when it's happening, it'll actually add directly to your calendar and your phone. Um, And then there's a final tab that's your notifications. So just like you would on maybe Facebook or Instagram or something like that, where you can just keep up with it. So you will have multiple groups, or you can just have one group. And so you can sort them based on which groups you're looking at, or you can look at them all together. It's uh, however you choose that day or that time. But the idea is that we're using this to spend those moments. We're scrolling on our screen to deepen our relationship with God and hopefully to filter out some of the division and negativity that we're seeing online anyway. um, I like social media. I use social media, but sometimes it's it's hard to take and I can tell it affects my mood. And so my goal with this is to spread joy and encouragement.
0: I see um, social media sometimes as there's circles of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And if you say, I have a prayer request at Sunday school, someone's gonna say, I'm having a test at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Someone has COVID Um, there, I don't mean to minimize these but they're kind of superficial request Mm -hmm. Um, if someone says um, my wife and I are struggling with some um, compatibility issues that's you don't feel free sharing that in Sunday school and I'm not sure that's really the place for it Mm -hmm. but your app might be if you had two or three people who said we're struggling and and pray for us and really I mean really pray for us we Mm -hmm. we're trying to find the Lord's will and, and it's just hard Um, I do think that connection to believers is, is key. Mm -hmm. Um, we're, when we're alone and we're out there all by ourselves, the Lord certainly can find us. But when we're with believers, we gather strength and Mm -hmm. comfort in those groups.
2: And just feeling like it's a safe place or space for us to, um, just kind of get some encouragement because I think the more time I spend, on other apps or sites or whatever, it kind of can get depressing a lot of times. Just looking at all the negative aspects that are available for us to look at, and so my my hopes is that this will be an encouragement to believers, um, and a way to keep us accountable. You know, if you see that some of your really good friends keep posting on there and you're reading it, then that's more time during the day that you're. Reading God's word, and then you're more likely to, to start posting or sharing on there and to hopefully keep it going.
0: Will it be available as uh, an Android and an iOS?
2: Yes. So uh, last week we received the initial build of both the Android and the ISO app. And so we've been able to download it and look at it a little bit. So it's coming along. You like um, it? I do. I, I like the way it looks, it's user friendly um, I'm super excited to see it come to life. Um, it's a big dream and it's a big goal and it's been really cool to see how God works in all of it, because if you had asked me last January that I'd be here today, I'd have told you you're crazy. Um, and if I had looked at how God has provided for it financially, I'd have told you there's no way. And so he has been able to kind of give it to me in little chunks so that it's still overwhelming at times, but collectively it's not been as overwhelming. And now every day I find something new, I don't know. Um, So I'm building this with a company. And so all the time they're like, okay, you need to do this. You need to do that. You got to figure this out. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. So let me go Google it first and then I'll come back to you. And, and that's been kind of hard because it's so out of my realm of knowledge and it's so out of my control. But um, I think that's God's way of just saying, you're not in control, I am. And I can do great things if you'll let me. Mm. And so just allowing him to to have the room to move and then faithfully following through with the little pieces from day to day that I can handle. Mm.
0: Well, I hope you're enjoying the conversation here at the kitchen table. Hope and Titus are very young, uh, early 20s. I think Hope maybe might be 21 or so. But I see in her uh, a deep maturity. Hope uh, talked about being out of a comfort zone and trusting what the Lord could do. Uh, And that's hard, um, especially when you're young, because you feel like there's so much I want to do. But Hope seems to have grasped the significance of waiting on the Lord and following Him. In this next little segment that's coming up, we're going to hear a little bit more about Hope's uh, ideas and dreams for her app. The The plan for her is to make it available to Christian people, and I, I think it will have a wonderful use there among believers. Let's rejoin the conversation. my kids were born there was no internet there were no cell phones we uh, had a bag phone do you remember what a bag phone is
2: yes it was
0: in the console you're important because you have a phone and now everybody has a phone so tell me how you're uh, you see you're out interacting with kids today
2: so the number one way that I see it being used is through church ministries as far as for students Um, and my goal With this is that the leaders of the group can create a group and then they will be able to um, add comments or prayer requests to it and then the leader of the group can monitor everything that's being posted before they officially post it but it'll give them the opportunity to to engage with their faith um, in a way that is consistent with the rest of their life so they've already got a phone so they're already on their phone They're using social media or games or other apps on the regular. And so this is hopefully integrating their faith into that common practice that they already have established. Um, Because I don't think that our mobile phones are going anywhere. You know, I don't think that they're going to disappear soon or that um, students aren't going to be using them. I think if anything, we'll see younger and younger students using them like the other day when our second graders were showing me new tricks on Google that, you know, even we don't know how to do, they've already figured it out and they're sharing it with their friends. So I'm hoping this will give them the ability to, to grow in their faith in a way that makes sense and is relevant to them on the day-to-day.
0: Got it. Um, Let me ask you a couple of hard questions about your, about your app. What's your uh, greatest fear about your app?
2: That people will misuse its purpose. My biggest fear is that we'll get it up and running and then um, it will turn into a place where people either just use it to to gossip or to um, throw out things to cause division or disunity in people. Um, and these are kind of silly fears because God can can control that and, and will take charge of that. You know, it's not something that I can really do. But I do want to be very faithful in sharing my intent and my idea for the design um, so that hopefully it gets used properly. But I do worry that that people will take advantage of it and start using it for other things that aren't um, biblical or or motivated in that direction. And they'll just use it as a platform to create a group and say whatever they want.
0: What's your greatest hope?
2: That it will disciple others um, and deepen their faith. I really have a desire, especially for young adults and and students to to take their relationship to a new level. And so I'm I'm hoping that this will give them that extra push towards getting there Um, and really make their faith real to them and seeing other people be honest and be real with their faith in front of them.
0: And I think uh, conversations like this help Uh, when you see believers and you ask them hopes and fears and they they are able to articulate some of that. um, You don't feel quite so alone. Um, If you're a young person and you go to camp, you talked about hope, your testimony. When you went to a camp and something changed for you, you realize I've been living kind of a shallow life. Um, with our children, before the internet was here, it was study books. Mm-hmm. You would write a diary or it was very low tech, but that was cutting edge back then. The people that, that I like to um, talk to are maybe some old timers that just talk about how they prayed for something and how the Lord worked in their life. And there was no app, there was no Google, no cell phone. It was just um, someone raised their hand and, and prayed about that um tell me um um your favorite bible verse oh.
2: so my favorite bible verse is very very simple um it actually comes out of part of the lord's prayer it's uh matthew 6 11, and it says give us this day our daily bread um and i think the reason it's my favorite because it reminds me that that one i'm not in control And I don't have to be in control because I like for very much so for everything to be planned out. And I know where I'm headed and I know what I'm doing, but um, especially the last couple years and this experience and and several others have just allowed me to see that I don't have to be in control and that I can ask God for what I need for today. And that's enough. Um, I don't have to have you know, all of the next year planned out at this moment, or I don't have to ask him for six months at one time, just what I need today. And he he provides. Um, Now my verse changes from time to time, but this is my favorite one at the moment. And it's it relieves a lot of anxiety just to hear that. Give us this day your daily bread and know that he does. And it can be the simplest things, you know, just just give me food for today. Mm-hmm. Just give me rest for today.
0: That's uh, mature. Um, that's not a, a young Christian talking. Um, the, the Bible says, thy word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. It's not a street light or a searchlight. It's just one or two steps today And that's hard to grasp because we want that. We talked about that line from marriage to retirement. We want a two-year plan and a five-year plan and a 10-year plan. But sometimes the Lord says it's just today.
2: But God knows I can't handle that either. You know, if you look at everything that has come about in the last two years, I mean, even look before the pandemic started. If he had told you everything you were going to experience and successfully accomplish and um, continue through over these two years, we would have said, no, we would have said, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. That's too much. And so I think, um, God really speaks in those small steps of you take one step forward and, and I'll give you what you need. And then once you're brave enough to keep going, you take another step forward and I'll, I'll give you what you need. Um, and there's a lot of beauty in that because, I can't handle full picture sometimes, even though I would like to think I can. A lot of times I just need the simplicity of day to day.
0: It's the narrow way though. Yeah. Uh, the broad way is I met with my financial planner. I met with my life coach. I met with my, I've got it all mapped out. I don't really need God in my life, but that narrow twisting turning it's left. It's right. It's stop. It's go is very hard. It is um, it, people. People, we, we kind of give an intellectual assent to it's not easy, but it's really not following the Lord is is really difficult sometimes.
2: No. And with that, if, if I choose not to lean into what God's saying, then I'm totally lost. So it's very hard in an instance to be like, okay, I'm going to just kind of step forward because if you're not following God, then you're sitting out on your own and you don't have a backup plan. Um, So it really does take a lot of faith and accountability on yourself because you realize God doesn't move. God doesn't change. God is consistent. So I determine how much I can hear from God in the moment, whether I am, you know, doing what I need to be and walking in that relationship. Or if I choose to go my own way, then I feel that distance from him.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Favorite verse, Thomas? Uh, Well, actually, I guess probably have two um romans 12 1 and 2 which we've already talked about was the huge part it was kind of our um, small group the uh, key verse or whatever um but i love i love how that verse talks about how you know everything that we're supposed to do it's supposed to be worship and and that's how you know when when you kind of grasp who god is and the fact that we're lost and we have no way to to pay for our sins and that jesus came when you when you kind of grasp that you want everything that you do to be worshiped to god and then um psalms 139 the last verse in that um, david's talking and, and he says god just search me and know my heart and and i love that because um again it goes back to uh, the relationship that God has for each and every one of us, you know, that he desires with each one of us, you know, that the creator of the universe would, would care about my problems and would care about um, knowing me in an intimate way is, is just incredible and very encouraging, I guess.
0: Uh, a new convert, someone who had just come to the Lord and said, oh, I've just given my life to Christ. What would you advise him? How to grow, how to know him better. What would you say?
2: I would say find your your Paul, um, and our church has talked about this a lot over the last probably year and a half or so. It's it's find that person around you who is further ahead in their walk than you are, um, and use them as as a resource or as a tool to to get your foot in the door and kind of figure out where, where do I study first? Where do I start reading? Um, I don't understand the context of this. Can you help me? Um, because that makes a huge difference in your understanding of God quickly. Um, you know, I think back to the few people in my life who have who've really made a big impact and how much understanding they've provided for me that I didn't know as far as even biblical context, you know, when you read a verse and you're like, what in the world does that mean? And they can kind of walk you through it. Um, But also just don't be afraid to start reading. We get so wrapped up in, I have to do it right. I have to journal it the right way. I have to really pull out everything that this verse says, when a lot of times we just have to start reading. Um, And we don't have to understand it all at first but God will show up in those moments.
0: Do you have a version you like to read?
2: Um, I really like ESV because it's pretty simple for me to understand. Um, I bounce through a lot of them. I have really enjoyed the Tony Evans commentary to go with it because that provides a lot of the references that I need to understand what the verse is talking about as well. Um, and then this sounds crazy but I use my father-in-law as a reference a lot too Um, he just has so much knowledge that a lot of times when I don't understand something I go ask him now I prepare for a three hour conversation about it Yeah, but he really is a huge help with understanding um, how the Bible portrays Christ from the very beginning all the way through the church.
0: I've asked uh, old older believers than me, kind of what you're talking about, people that were further along than me. I've asked them things that I was struggling with, and I can't say that I've always found their answers to com- be complete to me. Uh, I talked to Netta's granddad once, and I was really struggling with uh, with knowing God's will, and uh, I said, "How do you know that?" And he was aghast at that. Like, "What What do you mean?" Mm-hmm. I said, "No, I, I mean, how do you know it's His will?" and his explanation to me i mean i I remember it he said like the bird knows which way is north i just know it you just know it down inside and that was hollow to me Mm -hmm. now 30 or 40 years later i say it's like that Mm -hmm. you just you sense it you know it maybe it's confirmed from someone else Um, those older people maybe can explain those things that are hard but some of those truths that we're struggling with, like knowing God's will, is hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you guys have really stepped out on faith to make it an out, uh, and you have to ask yourself, did we get out in front? Is the Lord in this? Uh, is this about us? Is it, uh, what if it fails? What if it does great? What if it's very successful? How will that, did we miss that? And you don't want to miss it. You would rather lose it all and follow him mm-hmm then have a famous app if it ever even becomes famous mm-hmm. who knows yeah um times tell me um hardest thing you're struggling with right now in your life
1: um the hard questions absolutely um, i would say um just the daily grind of Work and um, trying to teach a Sunday school class, lead a small group, um, just all those things, uh, be a husband, um, I guess <clears throat> they just kind of all add up. And so a lot of times I, I find myself um, putting my time with God on the back burner. Um, and so, you know, just being there's definitely time during the day to do that. It's just making sure that that's my priority. Um, I would say is, is probably right now what I'm struggling with the most.
0: Do you, um, are you anxious when you go into the world? When you Mm. take your lunch pail and crank up and go, here we go. Do you think I'm not sure what this is going to be today? Do you look forward to it?
1: I would say probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm not really an anxious person, I don't think. Um, but I guess anxious in, you know, what what's God's plan for me? and Am I going to fail or am I going to do His will today? And I guess from that aspect, i is, is anxious. Um, I can't also sit here and say that I greet every day with, Um, anticipation of I can't wait to see what happens today either Um, just because of that I think that daily grind you just kind of you know like okay I've I've got work that I have to do today Um, and for a lot of us that kind of seems to take the front seat
0: Hmm. I have a a sense kind of a feeling that um, that things are going to get worse for Christians
1: Oh, absolutely
0: that the comfort that we enjoy now as Christians, I, I don't know if that I'll see it. You, you guys may in your lifetime, but I don't know that the church will go underground, but it may be that when we leave the comfort of our home, that we step into a world that's looking to hurt us. Right now, I would say people like Christian people. If you say I'm a Christian, they see that as a positive thing. I'm not sure our, political climate and the, t- the tenor of our nation is going to in- wrap their arms around Christian people like they do now. Uh, Hope, tell me how um, in your mind you see churches changed with COVID. How's, how are things?
2: It's been very interesting to me because it's not at all what I kind of expected. Um, there were some things that I did expect, like we saw A lot of people in our churches and in churches in general pull back and kind of um, they might still watch church online or they may still come to the building, but they withdrew their involvement. Um, So we had a handful of people wearing many hats trying to still keep up the things we had going, whether that was ministries, um, whether that was going to uh, provide goods to people, or that was just Sunday morning, Wednesday night going through their normal services. Um, but I think one of the hardest things for me is, is seeing how many people we ended up not necessarily losing, but not seeing again. Like Mm -hmm. we don't see them face to face. Um, that was kind of hard on me and disheartening. Because I like feeling like I'm surrounded by believers when I go to church. And I didn't really like the feeling of, okay, well, there's a few here, but we're, we're losing a bunch of them. um, For our church, and I don't know across the board, but I do know that we've seen a big uptake in our, our giving. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I really thought with a lot of the COVID, there'd be a lot of financial hardships and people would pull back. Um, but we've actually been very fortunate. And that also comes with, we didn't use our building as much, so we didn't have as many financial needs there, but it's gone above and beyond. And a lot of ministries have been that way. Um, I've seen several different things posted this year that, that they had record highs for their giving. Um, so that was encouraging as far as our body as believers, I think we've, become kind of complacent with not doing a whole lot like they want to go home and be with their families and then yes they still come to church or they still watch it but then they're kind of checking out um
0: how do you see the church functioning without a building and a pew and a parking lot if the if the church the building wasn't there how do you see the church functioning
2: Mm. That's a really good question. Um... Can I jump in?
1: Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah we're, just, we're, uh, we're just talking. It's a good type of conversation.
1: I think it will go one of two ways. Um, I think it will. I think one of a huge pandemic in our country besides COVID is people's desire to be comfortable. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people go to church just because, you know, that's what their parents did or that's what, you know, their grandparents said, Hey, this is what you're supposed to do. And and there's not, there's, they're still in that milk stage of maturity. They haven't graduated to Mm -hmm. the meat part yet. And so I think the people that, um, grasp, um, what Christianity is, what Jesus has done for them. I don't think you need a building. They'll go deeper. They will go deeper. I think that those people will, um, whether there's a building, a physical building there or not, they are going to have church, not necessarily in a pew, maybe not the tradition that we know, but they're still going to have community. They're still going to have fellowship. And they get what they'll tell or what the, New Testament church looks like and what it looked like in acts and the people on top who want comfort, the people, I I don't see them, not that they can't be reached. And I think that the people that dig deeper, honestly, that may be what it takes to get the people that are deeper to actually go deeper, if that makes sense. But those people that are just there for show or just there because you know, that's what they're supposed to do. Um, you take that church building away. And, you know, a lot, one thing that I saw in COVID was, um, you know, people don't want to go to other people's houses, <laughs> you know, they don't want to, uh, I, I don't know. I think that we are so caught up with our desire to be comfort, comfortable. And I think it hits Christians as much as it does anybody else. But um, I think that honestly we make comfort complacency and, um, kind of what we want our God instead of actually putting God where he's supposed to be. I
0: agree. Uh, we talked about it in Sunday school this morning. Um, do you remember Neto what Chuck said? Religion is man's plan to reach Christ. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Salvation is God's plan to reach us. Mm-hmm. And I think when we say this is the thing we built, to get to God, it doesn't last because it isn't real. But I think an app like you're developing hope may be useful to the church. If it begins to move in an underground or a a parachurch type thing where you say, I met someone in St. Augustine. I met someone in Nashville. I met someone in Illinois, California, Indonesia, and we all are praying for a similar thing. Mm -hmm. And it may be that, Um, the Lord uses social media Mm -hmm. to connect people in an intimate way I'm not sure that it has to happen with stained glass Mm -hmm. and carpet and the PA system (laughs) even though it's comfortable
1: absolutely and there's nothing wrong with those things I don't think Um, but I mean you look at what the Bible talks about with acts I mean these people were meeting by the hundreds in, in somebody's house yes you know and they were doing life together every single day and I think that as a whole because of religion um you know we've made church something completely different i agree with you than what it was intended to be
0: yeah we i talked somewhere about this if if the lord came to my house and said Mm -hmm. hey let's go to church with you tomorrow yeah i would probably do what you do i'd kind of look up and say uh let's go into town i i I've some people we need to see in town. We'll we'll get my church next week because he might not be real happy with what we're doing. Not in a bad way, but it's just the complacency. Mm -hmm. It's just, we all, uh, there's not a lot of real prayer. Mm -hmm. We pray for a COVID test or pray for my kid that's going away to college, but we're not praying for those. I'm struggling with following Christ. My husband and wife are, are struggling with just communication issues and i have a child that's wayward you know those kind of things are not going to be said freely in so they might uh, in and Christmas.
1: why would they when a lot of people that are going to hear that information are going to abuse it in some way i agree you know why why would you pour out your heart to somebody that you don't know if they really have your best interest or yeah. not or even care what your best interest right. is you know
0: well i, I think that the, the lord um uses trouble to kind of refine the church. Mm-hmm. And there are some people on the periphery who we want, and we court those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We say, please come. Mm-hmm. We're having a barbecue. We're having a mm-hmm. fish fry. We're having a trampoline. Bring your kid to the skate castle. And But I'm, I'm not sure that um, uh, people that are really looking for the Lord respond to that. But we get a lot of numbers from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we say, we're not really serving anything, we're just going to, pray and we're just yeah. going to we're just going to talk about uh, spiritual issues and we're going to have some testimonies in a song and that's it i think there would be people who would say well that's kind of flat i don't want to come yeah. to that but there are some people who would say that's, what I'm, looking that's for. what I'm looking for and those and that may be the remnant yeah that that the lord's looking for so i see your at hope as being a, a, a useful tool that the lord may be may be building right now for a kind of a church movement?
2: I hope so. Um, one of the cool things we saw out of the, all of the last year and a half is our church actually decided to do in home small groups. Um, and we, we got to go to one first and then we got to host our own. And I will say it's probably been my favorite thing we've done. Um, I really enjoyed it. and Yeah, it was a little chaotic because, I mean, our house is small and we pack 12, 14 people in there kind of deal. But it was much more honest than I think a lot of times we are in the church building. And it's the same people.
0: Describe it to me.
2: We all just sat around in my living room. And because we were just at my house, there was no pressure to say the right thing or look a certain way or like they would come in from work, so they might be dirty and nasty or they might be exhausted. And so it was almost like they didn't feel like they had to be on their best behavior in a sense. Um, You know, they were willing to just blurt out what they were thinking or add in a comment here or there as we were reading. Whereas when we sit in our Sunday school room, I feel like they're more worried about how it sounds or they sit there politely waiting their turn. Um, and I think it brought us closer because we were willing to, you know, open up our space. And so, yeah, it made us maybe a little uncomfortable because we had to accommodate all these people and cook dinner for them and that kind of thing. But they felt like they could be at home. And so like we saw some friends that would have never come over to our house stay till ten thirty at night kind of deal, just sitting there. Um or open up about things that we didn't even know were going on. Um so I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I do think that having those people in your body that are willing to do that will make the church stronger as we move forward because I see it becoming more of a kitchen table conversation or a Bible study at my house rather than we're gonna go to church and sit in a fancy classroom.
0: Okay, Titus, we were at the break. We were talking about how the Lord works in churches and how he meets people wherever they are. If they're scientists, he's the scientist. If they're music, he's the song. And and he just fits wherever people are, which led you into something.
1: So I think that an important piece that a lot of Christians, especially young Christians, are missing is... um, the idea of a testimony and we, as a believer, you know, you, you have your one, I guess you call it the big testimony where you came to Christ. But, um, I think just day to day living, there are so many testimonies in that, um, you know, just how God answers prayer day in and day out. And one of the really cool things that I like about, um, the app is that, you know, you can share those testimonies with people, you know, um, People can realize, hey, you know, he's he's been struggling with this for, you know, the last three weeks. And God answered this prayer. And, you know, I think a lot of times we miss the things that God's doing in our life simply because we don't make time for God in our life.
0: And I also think that uh, the devil delights in discouraging Mm. you about those things that are wonderful. He says to you, that ain't nothing. Yeah. You shouldn't even say that.
1: Well, and one of the things with social media is that it's caused us to compare our lives to everybody else's. And so, you know, this huge answer to prayer that you've just had, you know, like uh, you got your lawnmower fixed, you know, you get on social media and it's like, well, this person just got a new boat. So, you know, this answer to prayer or whatever is really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, you know, if we are praying without ceasing and we are serving God and and looking to God in the ways that we should, I mean, just think about all that he does for us. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. The Lord can uh, show himself in a lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah. He can show himself in a flat tire. Yeah. Uh, And that, especially when I'm not looking for him, that's what I'm struck when I see in places Mm. that he's not really supposed to be like on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. The kind of, Pastor, we were talking about church. I'm going to go back and follow it with you just a little bit. I enjoyed that, that conversation. Um, the kind of church that we uh, grew up in is, was an expository type pulpit where the preacher would say um, verse by verse, and he would say, last week we finished at verse 12. Picking up in verse 13, um, it, it's hard to preach that way because you may go through some things that aren't particularly for you at that moment, but it is handling the, the word week after week after week. And if if you can pepper in some, some worship that's uplifting, it's really good. Um, I think pastors, some pastors um, are particularly good at speaking, maybe not so good one-on-one. I've had some pastors who, if they were at this table, I'll be looking at my watch. And then I have other Christian friends. I know who are tremendous at the kitchen table, but if you ask them to lead the prayer at the end of church, they're clumsy. Uh, and I think that's just how the Lord, how the Lord gifts us. Um, tell me a little bit hope about, uh, tell me a church experience that you would like. You're, you're younger than me. So describe, a. Describe a meaningful service for you.
2: Well, a lot of it for me is, is honestly my attitude walking in the door. Um, I tend to carry with me however the morning went. So I think the first piece of that is that I have to be in the right headspace to walk in the door. Um, And that makes or breaks how much I get out of church for the day. Um, And so a lot of times that's just saying, okay, God, You know, fix my attitude right here because it's not where I want to be. But then um, the most meaningful maybe times of worship or um, events like that are I love Sunday school. It's probably one of my favorite spaces because a lot of times it's discussion based or question based. And so you have to sit down and, and think through the word. Um, and really spend some time looking at what it means to you. Um, I thrive on questions and talking to each other and even listening to other people's experiences. But then as we walk into what we call our worship service, it's our normal preaching and sermon and that kind of stuff. I tend to gravitate towards more um, contemporary music. That's kind of where I have grown up and what I know. I do like some of the newer songs um, but for me, it's just to see that that the praise and worship team are are really enjoying Christ while they're up there. I think I feed off of people's emotions a lot when they're up there worshiping. And so to see a praise team really into what they're doing, whether that is my type of music or not, that speaks volumes to me. And then having a pastor that that takes the time to break down the word to you so that I can understand it. Um, I do tend to like the expository teaching because it is keeping it in context. It is um, helping explain the word as I would be reading it in my daily study. And while topical is, is good, I think that we lose that this is what, you know, they're going to be reading with us or um, just being able to see how maybe Paul wrote the letter. And so like he wrote it as an entire letter. Mm-hmm. So we have to read it as an entire letter and not just pick a verse here and pick a verse there. Mm-hmm. And it gives me the ability to kind of filter through other teaching or messages that I'm hearing around me. If I know, okay, we went all the way through this chapter. We went verse by verse. Um, and then we looked at the context of it and who it was for and what it means. I tend to gravitate towards it towards that type of teaching.
0: There's some uh, vulnerability when you say, I'm fixing to read this passage and I don't know where it's gonna take me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if it's a topic, we say I'm going to preach on Mm -hmm. once saved, always saved. And I'm gonna find eight or 10 verses that prove what I've already got my mind made up to believe. And if you read the scripture, it may really pierce your heart. You may say I've misunderstood that all these years, and I think that expository preaching, that verse by verse, when you don't skip from Mm -hmm. chapter to chapter to chapter, you're right there with it. Sometimes I'm I'm really struck by it. Um, I was reading in Romans seven, which I I still uh, I'll go back and read it after we get through talking tonight. Paul talks about the things I don't want to do, I do the things I do want to do, I don't you know what he said about that? He said, that's not me. That's the sin Mm -hmm. that dwells in me. That seems like a cop-out to me. Oh, that's not me. But he's right. That is the sin that is in us. And our part is just to say, I missed it. And I have to confess or agree with God that I missed it. And so that does become the sin. And I think Um, when believers gather, old, like Ned and I are traditional choir robes, King James, uh, but when we're around contemporary who maybe read the message or the living Bible or a different translation, but they're authentic, is I see Christ in them and they can see it in us. And so I think that's how the church serves itself. That's how we When we bring other people who are lost, I think when they come to our church and they say, y'all are there's something real here. Mm -hmm. And they see Christ in us. And it's hard to to make that happen because it's vulnerable when you say I'm going to open this chapter right here. And I'm not quite sure where it's going to take us. I think the underground church is much more open to that. Underground is not the right word, but maybe a prayer cottage like you talked about hope in your house Mm -hmm. someone would say i don't understand this Mm -hmm. can you help me work through that you're not going to say that on sunday morning you're not going to say brother (laughs) bird i've always thought
2: yeah definitely this (laughs) right
0: even though the body in the congregation would say yeah exactly i was wondering the same (laughs) thing but it doesn't happen so i think that sunday school or home prayer meetings, those parachurch type things are kind of where the church is heading.
2: I think Um, so too.
0: Social media is discouraging sometimes. You look on Instagram and everyone uses a filter and Mm. how beautiful, I'm so plain. But we find commonness with believers when we we share our, our hearts with each other.
1: And I will say this, as far as expository teaching or preaching goes, I think I personally like the expository especially in preparing for a lesson, much, much better because uh, to some extent you already kind of have a game plan. Like, yeah, I may not know exactly what is what I'm about to read, but once I read it, I am going to know. And so when you take topical, it it has its place, I think, but a topical, there is a lot more cherry picking. And so Whereas with expository it's just hey this is what god said you know this is what he's left for us and this is this is what we have to teach yeah um and it takes a lot of the uh not that you can still um take the expository teaching out of context but uh it takes a little bit of that pressure off at it least does. for me it's hard
0: <laughs> it is hard um hebrew words greek mm-hmm. words tenses um that's that's tedious. But it's important. It is. Um, I think people maybe tire with it a little bit, but there's someone there who says, "I didn't see that."
1: Absolutely, boy,
0: that was for me this morning. Mm-hmm. I, that's the first time I've ever seen that. And I think you have to commit to doing that as a Sunday teacher, particularly. Absolutely. Um, the pulpit is maybe a little harder to do, but I think it can happen there. Absolutely. Um, anything you want to add? Anything you'd like to say? Someone's listening to the podcast and they're listening to this young Christian couple. And what do you want to say to them, Hope?
2: Mm. I would say just be real about your faith. Um, the best conversations that I've had, the best moments with God that I've had is just from being real. And as terrifying as that is, it's been the most meaningful whether that's stepping out in faith or, you know, calling yourself out on the things that you've done that you didn't like about yourself. Um, The more real you are with God and with other believers, the more you get out of it.
0: Amen. Last words, Thomas.
1: Um, Hope kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, Um, but I think one of the most important things that we can do as believers is um, she talked about finding a Paul and finding a Timothy in your life and somebody that will pour into your life and somebody that you are pouring into. I think both of those go hand in hand, and they are extremely important. Um, you know, we can gather all the information in the world, but if we never use it, what gives that information to us? Um, so just encourage all of us to to make that a priority, uh, to make to make Christ a priority in our life and to fellowship and to pour in to the people around us.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm always struck by the gospels when I just read them mm-hmm. without commentary, mm-hmm. just Jesus said that this person said this. Then he said, when I read those stories, I'm just struck by the, I think the apostle said, what manner of man is this? When they see how he interacted with people, mm-hmm. I'm just overwhelmed. And I think that doesn't get old for me. Mm-hmm. I struggle sometimes with the the topical things if we're preaching a point. Mm-hmm. But those Gospels, when I read the, I, I think all scripture is inspired, but those red words, that's the master. That's what he said. And it usually gets my attention. I really like when people ask him questions, interrupted him when he was teaching Master, you said this. And then he he didn't get mad at him. He just welcomed questions. And I think in Sunday school, I think in small groups, I think around the kitchen table, I think this is how people grow. So it is by sharing what we know of the Lord. All right. Well, I enjoy visiting you folks. Let's pray and then we'll we'll eat some pizza. <laughs> Father, we're very grateful for uh, Christian friends. Thank you for the uh, opportunity to gather and talk about what we know about you and ways to know you more or we we need you in our life and we're really nothing without you and we don't pretend otherwise thank you for for including us in your kingdom we're grateful for the work that you did on the cross to make us part of your family help us to to grasp that and to live in a way that honors the sacrifice that you made we love you lord thank you for christian friends in jesus name we pray amen, amen. Amen. I very much enjoyed my conversation with Titus and Hope today. These are young Christians who uh, have an extraordinarily deep walk with the Lord. I'm confident that the future is in good hands with believers like these young folks are. Thank you again for joining me. God bless you. Have a good day.